Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news, and we also have some Protect Your Neck news. Next, we'll discuss the proposed bipartisan federal privacy law. Then finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from Law 360. The Third Circuit issued an opinion on the scope of the federal cyberstalking statute and the defendant's plea deal. In 2014, the defendant, Young, applied to Georgetown Law School. Young was then invited to interview with an alumni as part of the admissions process. But the interview didn't go so well, and Young was not admitted. Young claimed that the interviewer was insensitive and rude, and Young was accused of writing fake obituaries for the interviewer's immediate family, inventing bogus social media pages with references to the Ku Klux Klan that contained the interviewer's name and accused the interviewer of sexual harassment while posing as a female law school applicant. Young was prosecuted for his actions under the federal cyberstalking law and subsequently pled guilty. Young then challenged the constitutionality of the law, arguing that the law violated his First Amendment rights. In order to convict someone of cyberstalking, the government has to show three things. First, that the act was committed using mail or a computer. Second, that there is intent to kill, injure, harass, or intimidate. And then finally, that the action caused an emotional response. Young argued that the law was too broad and could hamper people's First Amendment rights because a lot of protected speech could be considered harassment. But the Third Circuit held that the federal cyberstalking law should be interpreted narrowly to avoid First Amendment concerns, and that harassment is limited to criminal harassment that's not protected by the First Amendment. While you may not feel bad for the defendant in this case, this is a very important decision because oftentimes we struggle on finding the right balance between freedom of speech and regulating behavior to protect people. Here, the court struck a balance that focused on a more narrow interpretation of the law to protect our First Amendment rights. Our next story comes from the Washington Post, and it's more NSO Group news. The Supreme Court has asked the Department of Justice to weigh in on the WhatsApp versus NSO Group lawsuit. If you recall from previous episodes, the NSO Group is an Israeli group that created the spyware software, Pegasus, which the company says is intended only for use in surveillance of terrorists and major criminals, but unfortunately was used against journalists, opposition leaders, and politicians. WhatsApp sued the NSO group for exploiting software flaws to help its government clients spy on over 1,400 customers. The NSO group claims that it can't be sued because it was acting as a contractor for foreign governments. But the district court and the appellate court both disagreed with this argument 
And now NSO Group is asking the Supreme Court to make a decision. As part of its appeal, the NSO Group is asking the Justice Department to respond to their arguments. We will be keeping an eye on this case. Our next story is a very troubling story from the Washington Post. Apps that are clearly meant for children are gathering data from these kids at an alarming rate. By exploiting a loophole in the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, better known as COPA. According to reports from the Post, more than two-thirds of the 1,000 most popular iPhone apps directed at children are collecting information from kids for advertising purposes. So how are companies able to do this? Well, the companies are simply claiming that their app is not directed specifically towards children. If their app is a general audience app, then it falls outside the scope of COPA. Congress has been debating changes to this 1998 piece of legislation to help close this loophole. Our last story comes from the New York Times. The state of Texas passed a social media law that prohibits large social media companies from censoring people based on the viewpoint of the user or another person. Earlier this month, the Supreme Court blocked the Texas law, but they did open up the door to addressing this issue at a later time. This raises the question, do sites like Twitter have a First Amendment right to allow some material and not others? Or do they have an obligation to simply distribute almost anything? This decision has the potential to reshape the internet, and we will certainly be keeping our eye on this case. We also have some Protect Your Neck news. During this segment, we'll be talking about current scams you should be aware of and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cybersecurity incident report rolled all into one. According to Bleeping Computer, researchers have found a new ransomware that has an interesting wrinkle. The new ransomware is one friend me. And what's interesting about this ransomware is that instead of demanding a ransom payment via cryptocurrency, the victims are required to purchase a decryptor from Robolux Game Pass store using Robux. Robolux is a online kid gaming platform where members can create their own games and monetize the games by selling game passes. Our second piece of Protect Your Neck news comes from Security Week. Last week, Google released some patches to address seven high severity vulnerabilities for the Chrome browser. Several of these vulnerabilities were uncovered through Google's bug bounty program. Now, I've gotten a lot of questions from listeners about why I often talk about patches specifically for the Chrome browser. And this is because Chrome is the most used web browser. So these patches play a significant role in keeping all of us safe. And that's why it's imp important for you to consistently update your browser. So please, please, please stay safe out there. Or as the Wu-Tang Clan tells us, watch your step, kid, and protect your neck. So now on to our main story. Earlier this month, House and Senate leaders released a bipartisan discussion draft for a comprehensive data privacy bill called the American Data Privacy and Protection Act. The bill would require companies to limit their data collection and would also let users sue companies that improperly sold their data 
and allow them to opt out of targeted ads. There are a number of different provisions in this proposed law. However, I just want to highlight a few provisions. The first is preemption. Preemption is the legal concept of determining what law controls. When both federal and state governments have passed laws on a subject, there is often a conflict on what law controls. Federal preemption means that the federal law controls, and the proposed law would preempt state laws under most circumstances, which is definitely a blow to states that have been working hard on crafting comprehensive state privacy laws. But there are some exceptions that are outlined in this proposed law. Another big question is who exactly would this law apply to? The answer is pretty much everyone. It would apply to organizations operating in the United States that collect, process, or transfer covered data and are subject to the FTC's jurisdiction. The law would also cover nonprofits and common carriers. And like most other privacy laws, the bill would give individuals the rights to access, correct, delete, and port their information. Individuals also could opt out of the transfer of covered data to third parties and opt out of targeting advertising. The FTC and state attorney generals would have the ability to enforce this proposed law. Now, before everyone gets too excited, there still are major obstacles that are standing in the way of this piece of legislation passing. And one of those obstacles is timing because the midterm elections are coming up very soon. In addition, there are some senators that feel that this bill doesn't go far enough to protect people and to protect our privacy. Our final segment today is our cybersecurity awards. This week, I have one award that I want to hand out, and it's the We Don't Believe You, You Need More People Award. Most hip-hop fans recognize this as a lyric from Jay-Z's Takeover. This week awards goes to Lockbit 2.0 Group, which claimed, without any evidence, that it had hacked the cyber firm Mandiant. Lockbit 2.0 hasn't leaked any files from the cyber firm, and the firm has denied that it has been hacked. The Washington Post is reporting that some are saying that this is simply a publicity stunt or an attempt at payback against the cybersecurity firm because it linked Lockbit ransomware to a separate hacking gang, Evil Corp, which the U.S. government says is based in Russia and has ties to the Russian government. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also visit the show's website at nothingaboutyou.com. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see everyone next week.